And now you can exhale if you've been holding your breath all morning. It's probably an, uh, a good idea unless you're training to go conch shell diving or diving for abalone and then carry on holding your breath. Welcome to another little edition of the Honeycut Scenario with me, Craig. Today's Friday, September 10th. Um, once again, this is just me having a cup of coffee with you um, and my friends around wherever you guys are. So wherever you are, I hope you're in a good place. I uh, hope you have a cup of coffee or tea or lemon water or whatever you want to be drinking. Um, you get a chance to breathe a little bit and take some space for yourself. Um, it's been another beautiful morning here on the Outer Banks. I was up super early again in the pool and I got a chance to see uh, the sunrise or just a few minutes after sunrise and it was delightful. Uh, the surf has been pumping here because of Hurricane Larry way, way out in the Atlantic. So when the hurricanes are far away, um, they bring surf here. And it was amazing to see the power of the surf in the last few days. Very inspiring. Um, and I know a lot of people have been stoked to get after it on the surf board scenario. Um, and you know, I had a moment uh, wa watching some pelicans go uh you know they what they do is they fly and they just like they get so close to the water and there's three of them and they're in the dawn light and they were flying and they were carving into the waves and i mean they get inches off the water and it's just so gorgeous to see and they just look so majestic you know and you're just like wow it'd be amazing to be a pelican um you know minus all of the uh part of living outside all the time and you know having things try to get you and try to find food all the time but in that moment, it's like their poetry in motion, and it's just so gorgeous. And it totally reminded me of a a, a circumstance that I had several years ago um, down here, actually on the Outer Banks, when I was first starting to uh, date my now wife, Tricia. I was preparing for a graduate school program at James Madison University. I was going into the MBA program, and uh, as an adult 40-year-old, I still needed to um, get a few electives under my belt uh, from my undergraduate degree at 20 years prior. And one of those electives was accounting because the first class in my MBA program was going to be graduate level accounting. And I didn't know shit about accounting. And so a friend of mine, um, who I was working for JMU at the time, and by the way, shout out to Dr. Ken Newbold, who was my boss at the time. And, uh, he's now, uh, a provost out in the Midwest. So Ken, what's up, dude? Um, but I was uh, a friend of mine who was working at the school and had been in the MBA program, talked to me about, you know, you can test out of your elective. It's called a CLEP test, um, college level entrance or examination preparation, something. And it's a multiple choice test. So he gave me a, an accounting textbook and he's like, dude, just read this and then go take the test. And I'm like, cool, I'll read this book. And of course it was a super thick, dry accounting book. And I, I mean, I made it through four chapters, which they were an important four chapters, but I was uh, down visiting uh, Trisha and, you know, she lived near the beach. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read accounting on the beach and it's going to be awesome, right? Studying to go into grad school, sitting on the beach. And I, uh, I cracked this textbook open and I was sitting in my little chair on the beach reading my accounting book. And Right overhead, I see some shadows um, on the ground, and, and overhead, these troop of pelicans fly overhead. And the last pelican took a huge crap, and it 
splattered all over my accounting book. It was like somebody poured a little bit of concrete on these pages. And it's just like, I can always remember that. So whenever I see pelicans flying around, I always remember about this pelican taking a big fat crap on my accounting textbook. It was, uh, it was gnarly. Um, I, I succeeded in the test and I, I got a graduate degree. So I guess that, um, us and the pelicans, me and the pelicans, I guess it would be us if that would be me. I'll be a me and the pelicans. Um, and so that brings us to some uh, wordplay that I was thinking about, and I've been thinking about this for a, a while. Um, wordplay in the cultural divide, right? So right now we have all of this um, stuff going on here in America and, you know, maybe around the world, but I can really just talk mostly about here in the States that we have these culture wars going on. And I was just thinking less about the war and just about the divide and the nature of words. And you know, I drive, uh, and just for a little bit of association and context, I drive north here to Maryland to see my mom, and uh, I'll go up Route 3 in Maryland, and, and I go over the Potomac River, and the bridge that goes over the Potomac on Route 3 is a two-lane road, so it's one lane going one way and the other one coming the other way, and it's really high up, so it's a really narrow bridge, and, you know, every time I drive over it, it's like I have this moment of like, holy crap, like, I'm really high up. This is a really narrow bridge and that, you know, trucks and cars, they're coming the other direction and you're really just separated by just a few feet. And, you know, and it's like this moment and it's always like, and you have this view and I'm like, holy, like we're always just like just a few inches away from like something being totally different. And, you know, that's really like, it's a lot of the same thing with like words. And so, you know, thinking about you know, uh, something that George Carlin said in a, a comedy routine years ago, and, and I always love this. And he was just like, hey, how come? And, and I'm going to get the bit wrong, but he's like, yeah, hey, how come when you go over to somebody else's house and, you know, all of their stuff is shit, but in your house, all of your shit is stuff. And it's like, well, that's kind of brilliant, you know, and I was thinking about like little things. It's just a, a word warm up. of like the idea of like salt, right? You there's salt, there's salted there's salty and there's saltine, right? So salt is a thing. Um, when something is salted, it's got salt on it. Um, something that's salty, it tastes salty, but salty could also mean that like you're kind of a pirate, right? You're, you have an edge to you, you're salty. And then a saltine is, um, you know, like a cracker you eat after you've like been throwing up for a long time. Um, you know, liberal, liberate, libertine, right? These things are like, all like very similar spellings, but like they, they bend in a different association. And so there's a couple of things that I've been sort of tracking over, um, months now, like phrases that have caught my eye and my ear, you know, and they're, they're really similar phrasing, but they come from a different cultural vantage point and then they can charge in a different way. Um, and the first one I was thinking about is intelligent design versus smart design. Um, so intelligent design sort of came about because it was like, uh, you know, the religious right was, you know, talking about God creating the earth and all of that. And so, you know, anytime you hear the word intelligent design, you're going to be like, okay, well, that's that crew trying to be anti-evolution or anti-science or something, right? Um, and then when you say smart design, like when I think of that, it's like, oh, wow, you know, that's like the, the Dutch have smart design, right? That's like, you know the iPhone is a smart design. Like you have smart design stuff in your house, right? So it's, it's tech, it's well thought out. It like works really well. It's sexy. It looks good. And both of those phrases, you know, you could say, well, that's an, 
you know, my, my house has an intelligent design. And you're like, oh yeah, that's true. And, um, I just think that it's interesting that they're so close together, but if you use one or the other, it's going to charge in a different way and, and people are going to get a very different connotation from it. The next phrase, um, pairing that I have is, um, rugged individualism versus radical self-reliance. Um, and that's an interesting one because I had somebody, you know, talking about like, they thought that like, you know, the rugged individualism of America had gone too far. Um, and I thought like, well, yeah, but you also like the idea of radical self-reliance, like that comes out of the burning man scene, right? So you're out in an environment where you should be able to take care of yourself. And so that's radical self-reliance, but rugged individualism is, means a different thing, but they're kind of the same phrases, right? So it's, once again, it's like these little tweaks of tone or who's saying it or what context they're saying it in. It means a certain thing, but they both have a really similar spirit to them, you know? And even back to like intelligent design, like things should be, have intelligence in their design and the world has intelligence and things are smart and sometimes they're dumb. Um, so on to the next one. Um, Social entrepreneurship versus capitalistic philanthropy. And I've heard both of these, and they're very similar phrases, but they come from different sides of the culture. Um, you know, social entrepreneurship has, you know, really come on in the last decade where it's like you, you know, and it's with modern branding where you want to put your views of how you believe and the things that, that you want to see in the world, and it should come from this place of compassion. So, you make the world a better place, right? Like that phrase has also gotten really overused, but you know, but you're still doing commerce. Like I'm selling something to you and by you buying it, you know that you're making the world a better place, right? And capitalistic philanthropy is like, hey, I'm a business person and I'm doing commerce and I want to make the world a better place. It's just the spirit of the thing. And it's very interesting because once again, it's probably different cultures trying to do the same thing. Um, and so I, I just, I really find fascination with what these are, these little phrases that we hear. And I'm sure there's more of them. So if, as I hear more, um, or if you know me, like send some my way, because I'm fascinated with language and, and culture and our association with things. Um, and, you know, the idea of being conservative or being liberal, I mean, that's a whole rich thing there because I'm sure everybody's got conservative certain things and liberal other things, and you can break them down like individually, which is another fascinating garden. Um, whew, that was a lot. Um, I'm going to have a sip of coffee and I'm going to tell you to have a really beautiful Friday. Um, be good to yourself and pay attention and listen to good music and have good friends. And, um, I will talk to you next week. Woo! Gonna get down, gonna get down, gonna get down. Gonna get down, gonna get down, gonna get down. To the essence. of the problem